Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fitness Candor Podcast. Making her second appearance, Rachel Balkovec. She is the first female strength and conditioning coach in the history of MLB baseball, Major League Baseball baseball. That's pretty much how that would play out if I said it like that. Um, <laughs> so uh, right now she is the Houston Astros Latin American strength and conditioning coordinator and um you know, international speaker, entrepreneur, just general badass, I think. And uh, <laughs> I had I had a ton of people compliment me, especially on a uh, compliment me, but compliment this the, the first podcast that we did. Um, it was super impactful, and I know you got some uh, good good connections out of that too. So we didn't spend any time at all on our first one talking about strength and conditioning, which is what you do all the time. So I think. Um, basically you brought it up like, Hey, we need to get on here and just talk some shop. And I'm couldn't agree more because I love talking shop. So I really want to talk, get into the depth of what you do, who you're dealing with and how you go about, um, getting athletes ready. So, um, without, without, you know, just blabbering with, with no goal, tell us a little about who you work with and, and maybe why you work with them. Oh, okay. So uh, the why is interesting, but the who is easy. I, I mean, I'm the Latin American Strength and Conditioning Coordinator, which means basically nothing to almost anyone who's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, that's cool. What is that? Um, so starting like from the basics, the Major League Baseball is comprised of 30 teams. All 30 of those teams actually have an extremely extensive minor league system. So most professional sports have that, but I think baseball is by far um, the most extensive so just with the Astros alone, we have 10, um, yeah, 10 affiliate teams. So we have teams literally all over the country. And then also we have two teams operating out of the Dominican Republic. So every year there's an international signing day and the Houston Astros, along with every other baseball team, um, sign international prospects. And most of them are hailing from uh, Latin America. So Venezuela, Dominic Dominican, um, Panama, all those places. So Basically, my job as the Latin American Strength and Conditioning Coordinator is to oversee anything to do with their, you know, weight training, nutrition, um, their conditioning, etc. Any sort of like physical benefits. I oversee all those aspects of the young Latin American players. So, nice. my job really is to oversee the two teams that are operating out of the Dominican Republic, and then also the first one in the United States um, here. So I kind of basically have my hands on about 100 to 120 of our youngest players. Oh, wow. System. Wow. So and yeah. of, of all, all positions, right? Or are you, are you position awesome. specific? Nope. I, nope. Yep. It's, it's all of them. It's pitchers and position players in all the positions. And the guys are, um, to give you an idea of what youngest means, mm -hmm. um, the players are signed at age 16 most of the time. Sometimes, like, it's old. They're old if they're signed at age 18. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. Um, they're, they're usually signed at age 16. So they're pretty raw. They basically have no training age whatsoever. 
they come to us as a completely blank canvas, um, and we're, we're tasked with their development at that point. So when, when these people come into you, you mentioned it right before we jumped on, they're at a quote-unquote zero training age. For people who yeah. aren't really familiar with that, with that term, can you explain that a little bit? They don't even know what a barbell is, and they don't know how much it weighs, and they have no idea. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> They've never touched a weight before. Just they zero. All they know is the sport, and that's it, right? Sport. They've, they're, yeah, they've played the sport. So is, that, is, there, a, is there a specific, um, let's say some, I don't know, I imagine it's not like dog years where you train for one year and all of a sudden you have the, you know, <laughs> the competency of, <laughs> of a seven, yeah. of seven year trainer, but like, you know, where, when they first come to you, if they're, you, you know, you introduce them obviously to uh, equipment and things like that, but what does that process look like in terms of, um, of building the athlete ground up? Well, it's, you know, it's hard in some ways. It's it's easy in others. And so the why, I mean, the why of why I, I want to work with these guys is yep. like this is a huge part of why I got into professional baseball and why I was so intrigued by it is the Latin American side of it because these guys sometimes, not always, um, you know, they're coming, they're signed at age 16. So you might be wondering, well, how does that work if they are in high school? And the answer is they're not. They don't finish high school. Right. So right. some of them, of course, not all of them, again. But you know, they're coming from various educational backgrounds, they're coming from very various family backgrounds, they're coming from various socioeconomic backgrounds, but almost all of them are coming from third world countries. So that that brings a whole humongous um, bucket of, of challenges, I'll say good challenges for me personally, and that's why I want to work with these kids. And so then that ties into like, what does that look like physically, like training wise? A lot of it is just teaching them the very, very fundamental movements, like a basic squat pattern, a basic unilateral lower body pattern of a lunge or a step up, what that looks like. And then eventually, you know, in, in hopes of adding lean mass and strength, um, and then obviously force production. But the basics of what we're doing is just kind of like, you know, treating them like kids, like young kids, getting them to move through a full range of motion, um, getting them to be agile and like adjust quickly. And then in the weight room, really taking it slow. We take it slow. Like we do not care how much weight they're lifting for a very long time. Awesome. And that's to, that's to develop, develop, develop a couple of things. Obviously one in a, from a physical perspective to make sure that they're doing things correctly, but also to make, to develop a little bit of a discipline in them. And we talk, we talk about taking pride in form. You know, we want full range of motion squats. We don't, we're not yes. teaching them quarter squats don't count. You know, like we're teaching right. them, we're teaching them the right way. We're teaching them that they need to take pride in their form just as much, if not more than taking pride in the way that the, the, the weight that they're actually lifting. So just the other day I was in the Dominican and I was like, my dream for all of you is that you walk into a gym a few years from now and somebody walks up to you and says, Hey, where'd you learn how to lift weights? Cause you do, you know, you look really great, like with your form, not necessarily how much weight you're lifting, but you know, you, that you represent what we're teaching you well in the way that you go about things with the quality. So just really from day one, teaching them to have discipline with the quality of what they're doing. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, and, and go along with that, that just builds a better overall athlete. I mean, you're, you're healthier, yeah. for a, healthier for a longer time. You have better mental attitude. You don't go through burnout. So that's huge. Yeah. With these kids coming in now, obviously, you know, you see American um, baseball players. I'm sure they're being introduced at uh, 
at that 16 year old age, they're probably starting to do some type of strength and conditioning. How do you relay the message of the importance to someone who's never even seen um, a barbell? Like, what <laughs> um, does that look like? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> you know, I think that I think we have some things really working for us, and that is that the, the culture of professional baseball has definitely taken a big turn in the past decade, you know, or so. Where I think even when I got into baseball, we're talking about 2012, there were still some athletes that wanted to skip out on workouts because they thought that lifting weights was going to make them tight. What? And that, yeah, like that's 2012. Not that wasn't the majority. But now it's like the, the bigger problem I have is keeping them out of the weight room, you know? So yeah. they, we have some things working for us where we don't have to sell it too much, where they, I think, understand the importance of having a base level of strength. They understand the importance of being explosive. Like they want that. I mean, it's more so getting them to buy into probably at this point, the, the bigger thing I have is like they want to be doing bicep curls and a bunch of crunches and stuff. And we're trying to get them to to work in being, you know, athletic. So that's the bigger sell. And so it's, they, they understand the value, but the biggest thing that anyone can do to get, to get buy-in is simply results. (laughs) So that's true. Yeah. You know, so I think, and that doesn't mean lifting a whole bunch of weight. That could mean Rachel, I struggled so bad with squatting that it was painful and I had no idea what I was doing. It was uncomfortable. And this or that. And we have you now a month later in a great position and you're maybe feeling a little bit of gains as far as like how, how much stronger you're getting, but it's just simply results in achievement, whatever achievement might mean for that particular player. Yeah. So sometimes having a blank slate might even be worse for you. Um, Yeah. I mean, just kind of like a, okay, all right. Am I, well, I, I don't know, maybe not. I mean, sometimes when I, you know, I ask people who, who come to, to see me, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll just ask them straight up, like, you know, how, when's the last time you strength trained? Have you ever done this before? And yeah. When, when did you do it? What do, you, do you like machines? Have you used me? Whatever the case may be. And sometimes if they're completely just zero, it's like, awesome. This is fantastic. And other times yes. there might be, it might be more conversation and discussion and less, quote unquote, quote unquote, less Excellent. work. Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. There's so much more teaching. Like sometimes we'll, yeah, teaching. I think even take away from the, the physical aspect of it, we will stop lifts. I just, again, like last, last week I was visiting the Dominican Republic and I can't tell you how many times we stopped, completely stopped the lift and said, all right, everyone come over because out of, out of 15 guys in the weight room, I saw eight people do this in the last 30 seconds. Everyone come over. We're going to review this lift together. And then of course that takes five minutes out of the lift and then they miss the end of it and we don't have time to finish or whatever. But mm. to be honest with you, I, I still prefer it that way because that, that in the long run, even though it, it seems like it's tedious and it takes much longer and you're taking away from the physical component, the teaching is so important. It can't be skipped. So yeah. it's, it's like, it's almost, I view it as important in the long run because I mean, it has to be done. They have to be taught the correct way. Yep. And everything gets built on top of that. Cause it's not just about yeah, getting, exactly. it's not just about getting what, what's on the worksheet done and then moving on. I mean, you can get through half the workout and if the half the workout is just, you know, complete crap, crap then yeah. you, you might as well, you might as well not have even done it and done yeah. half the workout 100% accurate. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So when, when you're going through, you know, let's say you get into like that, that upper age range. Um, obviously you're seeing more athleticism, you're seeing more, uh, drive in those athletes. 
-hmm. do you do you see and I'm, I'm not sure what this would look like in a a professional organization in college you surely see like the the older uh, people setting that setting the standard and really you yeah. know encouraging do you see that in in that same because i'm sure like the they're they're not you know i guess they're not officially a professional right but they're signed so they're kind of finding no, their they're sp- officially professional they're oh, that, signed just 100 that's it Boom. they get paid paycheck i mean if they're they're making oh, money wow. to play baseball so they're officially professionals Okay, Even so major league players, every single person in the Houston Astros organization and every organization is a professional baseball player. They're being paid to play the sport. So they're so you get those guys who are in that that twenty-ish age range. Are they looking down at these like sixteen-year-olds? Like, you know, I have to beat that person out, or is it is it a very no. is, is no. it very very uplifting? I think it's the majority is uplifting. I'm sure. Like, see, the thing is, it's funny. Is I kind of almost. I'll be honest with you, like, I almost forget that they play baseball because I'm so, I, I don't see them as like, oh, that guy's really good. That guy's not so good. This guy, like, I just see them as they're, they're my athletes and I'm, I'm going to help them until the day they're released. Like they're all part. Of, so I, I kind of like miss out on that, but I'm sure, I'm sure like there's some co- friendly comp- competition and they know that like their competition might well, may well be their, their, uh, teammate. So that's definitely present, but yeah. I would say that's a major misconception about professional sports in general. Um, maybe I'm like idealistic and I just think that we live in the world of rainbows and unicorns, but, <laughs> but, I, but I do see a lot of leadership going on a hundred percent in every group that, that comes in the weight room. There's the couple kids that are maybe even just a year older. Cause remember if you go, the, the, the difference is the, the contrast is huge when you talk about going from a zero, z- knowing absolutely nothing to then a, a year being in the program, that's even a huge difference. So the learning curve is so so major that there's a big separation between those first year guys and the second year guys. So even being there for one year, they kind of become a leader and oh, the, yeah. expectation, the expectations are different. And even though they're not major league players, now obviously like it's, it's like I, I always say within a group of athletes, I'll do this all the time. Raise your hand if you're a leader, okay? Raise your hand if you're a follower. Your, well, your hand should go up both times. Mm, yeah. And mine too. Raise your hand if you're a leader. I'll raise my hand. Raise your hand if you're a follower. I'll raise my hand. Because in, in every situation could be a little bit different. You know, when you, when you move up a level, let's say, because players are moving up and down levels all the time within baseball. So when they move up a level, maybe they they become the follower, right? They're in a new environment. They are maybe a little younger than other players and on that on that minor league team. They become the follower. But if they go down a level or if they're at a level that's appropriate, they have younger players than them, they're a leader, period. Yeah, yeah good point. So I, ha- I have the expectation that even if you don't want to be the leader that stands up in front of the group and says, hey, guys, let's go. Let's get in line. You got to get do the... No, I don't need that. But definitely be a leader by your actions. So I definitely think that there's... Um, not only like it's naturally present, but I definitely like push that because I think that leadership is a skill that can be developed sim- just like a physical skill that can be developed. You put people in p- positions of leadership to challenge them and to, you know, to give them an opportunity to step into that role. So yeah, there's definitely guys who kind of say, I'll look over and it's like a proud moment when they're like, Hey, get, <laughs> get, get lower in your squat. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, Hey, put on a little more weight. You're, you're dogging it. Let's go. Or, Hey, even even very finite things like hey new hey neutral pelvis don't don't go into anterior tilt and I'm like oh 
this is a proud mother over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's when all your hard work pays off, right? Yeah, like yeah. I love seeing that. It does happen more often than you'd think in a professional setting. So oh, That's fantastic. I mean, that's when you really know that uh, everything that you're putting out there, they're receiving, and they really know the benefit of it. I mean, obviously, you're, you get to that level. There's no, there shouldn't be any doubt about it, but... Um, yeah, but they're still 16-year-olds, so... <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially, I mean, you're, you know, they... Obviously, you just would get out there and just play ball, but everything else that goes along with it is so, so impactful. Right. So we'll talk a little bit more about, um, if you can, what does like a, 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 a workout look like? Are you, are you more, is it split up to like uh, general conditioning days? You know, what, what do your warm-ups look like, um, even if you well, want to break it down by like a position? Yeah, well, I'll just take that last little piece and kind of go on a, a rant, if you will. Yes, do it. I'll put my mic on mute. <laughs> so, I, like you said, do we break it down by position? And actually, like this is this is more of like a personal belief. So I'll just speak from a personal opinion, more so than just like, okay, this is what the Astros do. But um, I, I actually don't believe in sports specific training. Yes. <laughs> No, that's awesome. So, <laughs> oh, good. Okay, glad glad that you agree. So we don't have to argue on air. But um, yeah, like that's this is something that came from when I was at LSU. Coach Moffitt said this, and also Coach Melissa Moore. They were my bosses. Like I remember when they said it, I did not understand at all. They're like, "There's no such thing as sports specific training." That's and awesome. I had just come from athletes' performance, better known as EXOS. And at the time, it was like, you know, functional and it's functional to the sport and all this stuff and. I went to LSU and I was like, what are these people talking about? Like, no, sports, sports training is the way to go. You're going to attach bands to everyone. You're going to have them do the exact movement they do on the field. And it's sport specific. And like, I just don't believe in that anymore, especially when you're talking about young athletes. Cause really they're all the same person. Like they're not yeah. really that different at that young age. And they haven't had that much training in the sport to warrant necessarily. I mean, there, there definitely are differences. Don't get me wrong. We don't completely ignore it. Um, we do do different things with the shoulder at times, et cetera. But as far as like sports specific training, come on. The way you sports specific train a 16 year old is the way you train every 16 year old. You just got to get them the basic base, base foundational level of strength and the foundational level of understanding of the movements. And that's what's specific to that. Let's, let's forget sports specific. Let's talk about age specific or let's talk about training age specific. Cause sometimes we'll get a 22 year old guy that signs you know, from the States and has no idea what he's doing and needs to go back to the basics. So yep. more important, I think, is like the age specific than the sport specific in this setting, even though that's probably counterintuitive to what most people might think based off the fact that they're professional baseball players. They do not need sports specific training at, at the way that they're at. So anyway, going back to that, it's just like the basic, if you saw our program, you'd be like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't at all. Yeah, no. it's it's, it's just basic. Yeah. Do you know, so I'm glad you said that because I, and I brought that up cause maybe I, I didn't know if you'd, you know, how you'd break that down. But do you know, um, he's been on my podcast and he's I've been, I had a few books out, but Gary Bannister, you familiar with I, Gary Bannister? I, I know the name and I probably have read some stuff, but I can't uh, recall. I'm sure you have. He, so he has uh, a book out. Um, it's called golf performance training and oh, yes. golf. Yep. You know Got what I'm it. talking about? And it's like what they won't tell you. And it's basically yep. how sports performance training is BS. Like <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's a made up gimmick that 
that the that quote unquote fitness industry has created, and you know that people create all sorts of stuff in the fitness industry, and that's just kind of one of them. And it, it's kind of obviously there, are, like you said, there are some things that can be a little different. You know, like like for the shoulder, different people right. move different ways. So like you know, you can you can be creative with those kind of things. But when it comes down to it, you think about what the body actually does, and just the human physiology nature of it, it's pretty mm-hmm. simple. You know, like a bicep, oh, a bicep can only do a couple of things, right? You know, like a, a, yep. a, a chest can only do a couple of things and muscles overall, they produce power. They can become flexible. They can become explosive. They have muscle. In, there's such thing as muscle endurance. There are yep. different ways to train those things. But this whole idea that, um, one, one certain athlete should be doing something completely different than another certain athlete. It's just, it's, it's BS. I mean, there's different way to tackle things, but yeah, um, and that's kind of so, why that's why I said like by position, not necessarily you know, you know one athlete to the next. So yeah, um, but no, I'm it's, I'm I'm glad you said that because a lot of people would look at you like, what are you talking about? Of course, football players should be training this way. Okay, yeah, right, people so. say things like, well, this that's just a football program. I'm like, what? Eh. I'm like, yeah, like what what does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, or athletes will come after the offseason and be like, yeah, I did a lot of baseball specific stuff and I just cringe. Baseball specific like, stuff. You mean like play baseball? Exactly. Like the sports training happens on the field, period. Ugh. I'm so, so, that's so awesome. I wish I would have known this about a long time ago. We could do a whole other podcast just on this. It's like <laughs> bitching, just bitching about it because <laughs> it's so you know, true. It's true. It's like the, you know, well, the, the power clean specifically transfers to the football field. No, what? come on. What? Right. Triple extension happens in every single sport. Tell me exactly why a person you know. thinks. Just because they see, because it's a really big movement and football players are yeah. really big people. I think that, it's almost, to be honest with you, I think a lot of times that's just an excuse because people are afraid of it or don't understand it or, or have never done it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. 100%. I mean, it, it, but you can take that into anything. Take that and you can take that into any single, as something as simple as like a back extension. You yep. know? Like what... If, if, if all you saw, if all you saw was like lacrosse players doing back extensions and then all of a yeah. sudden you saw a hockey player do it, would you think that one should be doing it? One shouldn't be doing it? Like, or the, it's just ludicrous. It is ludicrous. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, it's, it's so the problem is, or not the problem because like a lot of times for me, it's okay. They go home to their personal trainer and they're like, oh, we do sports specific training there. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm sure that's what they tell you in the interview so that it makes you feel better about paying a lot of money to go there. And then do you do you give them a referral and put your jersey on the wall afterwards because of the sports specific training they gave you? Right. It's like, oh, geez. I don't, it's, a, it's a battle that we fight. But I do think that uh, just the peop- athletes want to do fancy stuff because they want to be fancy and they want to do the trick stuff and all that. And I'm just like, no, you can't even squat half your body weight. So we have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. are not going to attach bands to you and have attached bands to your bat and do sports specific training when you can't squat your body weight. Yeah. Or you can't do something simple like hip hinge. I mean, exactly. Or you right. have no ankle mobility or. Yeah. What, forget you know, squatting your body weight. You can't even just do a body weight squat. Can't do it without <laughs> like, yeah, your knees collapsing or. Exactly. Yeah. And well, and you know, what's funny, it, it, it transfers to my side of things. Cause you know, it, it's funny how like a personal trainer will put that on their bio. You know, I'll, I'll say that I'll, I'll train athletes like a hundred percent. I do, right. but, Perfect. but, but I don't, but I don't tell people like, uh, you know, I, I train sports specific because mm-hmm. when somebody comes in, who's not an athlete, I mean, you could almost look at their, um, their workouts and they would be very, very, very similar. 
Well, yeah, because, I mean, Mark Verstegen was the first person I heard say this, but it's like everyone is an athlete. Now, unfortunately, most athletes are like the desk jockeys right now. Yeah. But everyone's an athlete. Like, do you go Do you go play with your kids? Do you go play recreational softball on the weekend? Do you go work out at a gym? Do you, you know, you're an athlete. Every human body moves in the exact same way, yes. believe it or not. We just apply those movements to different things. That's all. Exactly. And you're exactly right. I wouldn't write. If somebody asked me to write a program for them, first of all, there are two major schools of people like who come to me and say, hey, can you write me a program like non-athletes? Some people just want to get like completely yoked and have no interest in feeling good or being athletic at all. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, no, I want to I want to feel good. I want to like move. I want to be mobile, etc." And I would write them pretty much the exact same program that are my athletes. Yeah. Because they're, they're exactly human. Right. It's exactly We're right. We're humans. We it's move ex- the same way. 100%. Yeah. My, my, um, my morning workout, you know, this morning, mm-hmm. young, athletic, and we were doing an incline chest press, different amount of weight. Next person that comes in, not as young, definitely not as athletic, did an, <laughs> incline, did an incline chest press. Like what? It's, like, huh, I know. It's crazy, <laughs> right? What are you doing? But it's yeah. just like, it. I don't know. There's this weird idea. And anyway, what I was going to say, like, people come in and they want to do those things that, that athletes are doing without even realizing that the ath- they already do what the athletes do. Exactly. You know, they might, they might only see like that one or two movements, but you don't see them when they get to sit on like a, uh, a Nautilus pull down or, you know, mm-hmm. or, or just simple things. They don't get to see that stuff. They just want to see the flash, you know, all, all show, no go. So yeah, that's like, that's kind of like tying it all back into training young athletes and the population that I work with is that it's, it's not flashy. It's, it's basic human movement, period. That's it. It, it is so basic. And, and we, we go to like, and this isn't any like major trade secrets, but it's a lot of crawl. We do a lot of crawling, putting their hands on the ground, moving around, lunging, squatting, you yep. know, pressing, pulling like that. I, I don't have any super secrets. <laughs> no, there, there are no super secrets that one of my, um, uh, it's not my client, really funny dude. And I know he meant it like in a, you know, funny manner, but he, he was saying something like, why do we always have to do this exercise? And the trainer looked at him and was like, because that's how the muscle works. Isn't there another way? And he, and the trainer looks at me cause he knew that I was just like, Oh, I just was biting. You know, just like, Oh, I want to see. And he kind of looked at me. And I'm like, I tell you what, man, you grow a different chest muscle and we'll train that chest muscle. Like that's it. <laughs> you know, like however the muscle works is how you have to train it. I mean, we're, lu- we're, we're lucky enough that we know how to do, uh, where, where do you think things started? Body weight and then came kettlebells and then came a dumbbell and then came, you know, all these things progressed. And they're just different modalities. Nothing's nothing super special. Right. Oh my gosh, I'm so like, heated. I'm sure, yeah, I know. I'm sure the other thing is, is like, uh, well, why can't we do this? Or why can't we do that? And it's like, we, again, going back to like, you haven't even mastered this movement. Yes. But most people can't, especially in this world, especially where Snapchat is like, you know, whatever, taking over. I don't, I don't even know really how Snapchat works, but it's like, it's a second long, you know, you see the big... And then you, you scroll through your Instagram and you're like scrolling to like people's patience and why I mentioned earlier discipline, like have the discipline to understand that why don't you just master the hell out of this movement before you worry about anything else? Yeah. yeah not even why can't we, but why don't we? I get that a lot. Why don't we do that? Because, yeah, you, because yeah. you don't move, you don't, you're not moving like that person or we haven't, we haven't even conquered step A and you want to jump right to B, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's just, um, 
I mean, I, that, I, I guess that's human nature. It's kind of like a competitive thing too, or, you know, how come that looks really challenging? How come? But then I get the same thing. Like, well, I, I never want to do that. I never want to do this. You know, mm. like, uh, like a, I get a, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of like a specific exercise, but I got one for you. What? Well, just today a, a player was like, yeah, I, I don't want to do front squat. It hurts me. And I was like, oh, yeah. first of all, front squat doesn't hurt you your body not being able to do a front squat hurts you so that, let's you start go. over so let's start over what what's the issue here well when i put my hands up i get like some pain in my elbows and i'm like well you probably have a mobility issue there you so, go so no no problem with you not doing front squat right now but just so you know the goal is to get you to be able to front squat pain free it's never to avoid the exercise that's like, 100%. Yep. Never, never, never. I'm not going to avoid an exercise on your behalf because there are millions of people who do front squat with no problem. But it's, it's, you're going to blame the front squat. It's actually you. So it's, it's that whole thing of like, it's not me, it's you. That's <laughs> not the front squat, buddy. It's your body. So yep. don't blame the front squat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People, man, last time I did that I, that, I think that exercise really hurt me. I'm like, what? Nope. No, no, the exercise didn't. No. Unless you're doing it improperly, 100%, like swinging, you have no control. Okay, let's talk about this because I guarantee if if they're training with me or they're training with you, they're probably not going to be doing it wrong. I mean, I walk up to some people who, who don't, if they do like a, a lat pull down and I don't see full elbow extension, I'll just come up right behind them and flick the shit out of their elbow. Just, I'm not kidding. Like pay, people pay me and I'm like flicking them and smacking their elbows and uh, yep. it's just like... If you're gonna, hey, you if, gotta, if, you gotta if, put your hands on people. Let them know where they go. If, so yeah, true. if if you're gonna do it, why aren't you doing it right? Don't hurry through it. Like an hour is gonna be an hour, no matter what. You rushing through an exercise isn't gonna accomplish anything. So yep. step back, do it right, move on, and build with it. And I, okay, I don't know exactly how we got started on this rant, but uh, like the exact question I asked, but I'm glad we did. Um, yeah. I, I like it. I, we went down the rabbit hole and we're here. So yeah. So <laughs> so this so okay. All right. Let me. I'm gonna try to backtrack here. Um, so this whole idea behind where the hell was I, Rachel? I don't even know where I was. I, well, I don't. I have a comment. We you know what? Gotta, Forget it. Yeah, I have a. I do have a comment. Like I'd like to say that. Okay. The the I do like having the blank slate with these kids with the young kids because kind of this ties into what we were talking about is that they come to us with a lot of times, if you do any sort of movement screen or like you're paying attention to movement, a lot of times these kids come to us with great movement because they're not, they're untrained, they're young, they haven't had a lot of injuries, they, yeah. don't, they don't have a lot of muscle mass developed around bad movement patterns. And so they come to us raw from a strength perspective, they also come to us raw from a movement perspective. So not only if they do have movement issues, it's a lot easier to correct it at that time, but also a lot of them don't have movement issues. They just sink down into yeah. a squat and you're like, you're a child. Like you just have childlike movements. And so it's so great that we get an opportunity to get young athletes like that with great movement patterns that have great mobility to build strength on that great movement pattern. That's a really whereas, good point. Yeah, whereas we get, again, like we've, we get a college signed 22, 23 year old guy that signs out of college and has had four years of weight training you know, maybe at a division one school where they've got one strength coach who's kind of there during their workouts, kind of not because he's traveling with the football team, you know, like, okay, then you've been basically you've been quarter squatting with, with a bad quarter squat form for the past four years with a lot of weight. And now you're, I'm tasked with correcting your, your physical body. And not only that, but I'm tasked with then 
correcting your mind of, okay, yeah, you, you squat 405, but you squat 405 about six, in six inches of depth, and it looks like crap, and your knees are valgus. So now I have to tell you, okay, wait, now we got to go down to 135 pounds and put you squatting to a box, and nobody likes that. Right. So the, to me, again, I'd, I just would rather have that training age of zero so that we can hammer the form and do the foundational stuff without, without really bothering them. Like they, I mean, some of them it bothers, but most of the time they're okay with it. And a lot of the time, again, they have that that childlike athleticism where they're just kind of like, their joints are just kind of flopping around, which is, I'd prefer that to, again, the 23-year-old bound up college guy that hasn't been lifting correctly for four years. Yeah, because then you get to teach the person who's just flexible and mobile and can move. Then you can just, you get to just teach them how to to, uh, take advantage of that. Whereas yep. the other time, like, you know, if you've been strength training for four, three years, whatever it is, and with, uh, with mediocre form, I mean, how long, how long does that, that take to, to correct usually? I mean, it, it, I'm sure that varies person to person too, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't, like, to be honest with you, I, I don't feel like it takes that long at all. I feel like it takes two to three months of intensive uh, work. However, yeah. getting two to three months of intensive work and also getting someone to buy in, that's a whole nother story. Good point. So, it take a long time just based off of the fact that, again, you're getting some 23-year-old guy that thinks he can squat 405, like tearing him down and making him not lift weights for two months and making him or, or lifting very, very little for two months in season when he's trying to maintain strength. And I mean, there's a whole a slew of other factors that go into that. So, hmm. um, you know, yeah, I, again, just would rather have, it's, it's as moldable as you're going to get. Like I get the most moldable athletes in professional sports. I'm convinced. Oh yeah. Mentally and physically. And I'm talking about not just baseball. I, I get to work with the most moldable athletes in professional sports based off of their age, their mentality, their physical state, all of it. So it's, it's definitely exciting and I love it. And that's, I really do love, love, love my job specifically within baseball. That's I appreciate awesome. it. And I, yeah, I, and everybody can tell that too. And I think that's one big, one, one of the reasons why people gave you the, the last podcast, so many great reviews and, and <laughs> I mean, I mean so many people like would reach out to me to be on the podcast or to comment about the podcast and they're like, yeah, I listened to Rachel's podcast and I'm like, oh, awesome. <laughs> like that, we, we have to do another one. And, and I think people, people appreciate that. I know your athletes appreciate it. The coaches that you work with, um, you know, I, I don't see how yeah. anybody can't appreciate when you have a passion and you're showing it every single day. That goes such yeah, a long like, way. I love, this is a hard, I don't want to say it's a hard job because I don't personally believe it's that hard, but like it's, well, no, 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 that's not true. It's very hard. It's very taxing mentally and emotionally. Personally, it, like, but it's just, not hard to do for, no, for you no. to actually do. No, exactly. Like I love it, but it's viewed as in within our uh, field of professional baseball strength issues viewed as a, a very hard job and nobody, very few people want to dive into it because of all of the challenges I mentioned with having athletes from a third world country, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything that comes with that as far as like discipline and sense of urgency and those things. But I, I love it. So, like, I just love going to Dominican. Most of the time when I tell people, like, in professional baseball, yeah, I'm the Latin American coordinator. I go to the Dominican Republic quite a bit. They kind of go, oh, God, wow, <laughs> how's that? And I'm like, I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm like that weird person that loves it. But it's I like it because it's a challenge and it's a different one. And you obviously you impact them physically. But, yeah. you know, as I talked on the last podcast, it's like I'm out to change people's lives, man. I don't care about their squat. So yeah, exactly like I, I love, I, I love doing what I do with these young kids. So, so bam, there it is. So you can, but if you want to, you're going to, this is, this is the, 
this is the sequel. So if you want to hear more about that, you have to go back to the first podcast. <laughs> yes, that's true. And, and I'll link everybody to that. <laughs> yeah. So, so Rachel, I, I, I know you've had a super long day and I really appreciate you taking the time to jump back on and, and share more about what you do and your passion. And, um, I want to ask you one question kind of on the spot Ooh, that, okay. yeah, that I've uh, been asking a lot of people on the podcast. So can you tell us if, if it's not your favorite, one of your most favorite quotes from someone who's inspired you? Oh gosh. Oh, that's so on the spot. Yep. This is definitely one of my favorite quotes and I apply it to myself and I apply it to everyone else that I I come in contact with and, and try to empower it is no one can make you feel inferior inferior without your consent. And that's Eleanor Ro Roosevelt. Oh, wow. And that is like, like no one can make you feel anyway. No one can make you feel weak. No one can make you feel sad. No one can make you feel anything like you, you can't, you can't let the power be in somebody else's hands. And I, I talked to our athletes about that, our young athletes, like you are powerful beyond what you even realize. And if you could only, if everyone in the world could only realize that we would live in a much better world because people would stop worrying about, you know, well, this person did this or to me, or this said this to me and I feel this way. Like, no, yep. I went, when I was going through the whole thing with being discriminated against like that, I clung to like, you might be discriminating against me, but, but like, you can't take my power from me and I still feel powerful. And um, I don't feel belittled. You can only feel belittled if you actually feel little within yourself. So absolutely, definitely couldn't set it better myself or Eleanor. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. If people have questions, comments, concerns, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, best way is probably through my email on my website. Okay. Um, you, can, you can reach out through social media, but I am so bad at like responding to um, you know messages on Twitter and stuff. I'm bad about that. So the email on my on my website works the best. Okay, cool. I'll link that to the show notes. So again, Rachel, I appreciate it and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks a lot.